0: The talk show that's getting you talking, you're with Brian Kilmeade. We should be demanding answers, and the first thing that we should be doing is demanding that China end its massive cover-up. From day one, what they have been doing is destroying samples, hiding records, imprisoning citizen journalists. They have a universal gag order on scientists making it illegal for them to say or write anything about the origins of the pandemic. So we need to be demanding the answers. And the reason why it's so important is the same reason why we try to understand why every plane crashes. Now, it's not that we can save that plane, but when, when we understand what went wrong, that gives us the upper hand of preventing that from happening again. If we don't get to the bottom of this, we are at risk for another pandemic that could be even far worse than this one. Jamie Metzl, an advisor, he, he says, hey, listen, I'm a progressive. It has nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. I work for President Obama. I'm an advisor to the WHO. That's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. Why is politics playing a role in finding out the origin of this virus? So I read Nicholas uh, Wade's very detailed column, his article about the origin of COVID, and I learned a ton. I've had to read it two or three times. It's very detailed, and I believe he agrees uh, with that premise from Jamie Metzl. Nicholas Wade, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Thanks, Brian. So I guess that's the premise, right? Let's, at the very least, find out how it happened to make sure it doesn't happen again.
1: Uh, Absolutely. That's extremely important.
0: So— What could you tell our listeners about what you know about the origins of this virus?
1: Well, what I said in my article very briefly was uh, that there are two scenarios. It emerged naturally or it escaped from from a lab. We've got no direct evidence for either scenario. But if you look at the evidence we do have and ask which explains the evidence better, in my view, lab escape explains all the available facts much more easily than the other scenario. So that's where we are. And I think if people come to realize that, then the ball goes back in China's court. Up until now, they've had it easy because everyone, the mainstream uh, media has uh, uh, embraced the natural emergence theory, leaving no pressure on China to come forward with the evidence. But now if people change their minds and say, well, it looks like lab escape then more pressure will devolve on the Chinese authorities to to cease this cover-up and try and explain to the world how this pandemic was unleashed on it.
0: Very true. We're getting a little bit of progress. Here's Dr. Rochelle Walensky yesterday, cut 20.
1: What are the possibilities? Certainly the possibilities of... That most coronaviruses that we know of are of origin from that have infected the population. SARS-CoV-1, um, MERS, uh, generally come from an animal origin. Um, and are there um, any other possibilities? Certainly, a lab-based origin is one possibility.
0: Incremental progress. They're admitting it's a possibility.
1: Yes, I think that definitely is progress.
0: So, Nicholas. What what makes what do you think makes the animal theory implausible or tough to get your head around?
1: Well, it's a theory that was very plausible to start with because so many uh, epidemics have started this way when a virus jumps from 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 an animal host to humans. But as each month passes and we see no direct evidence in support of that, it becomes less and less likely. And the reason is in these past epidemics, the viruses have left many fingerprints in the natural environment, in the host animal, uh, in, in the bat population it came from, and in serology studies of the population. So none of that do we find in the case of the SARS-CoV-2, and therefore, each day that passes, the, the that scenario loses plausibility.
0: Before we talk about China coming clean and the pressure that might make them do it, Can we talk about what could have happened? Do we know there was a so-called gain-of-function lab experiments happening where you actually, I guess, um, you, you enact viruses to see how they act in order to come up with a plan of action should they escape?
1: Uh, That's right, virologists all all around the world have been doing these experiments. You get an animal virus, you you tweak it genetically, you soup it up in order to try and predict what might happen if nature takes its course and the virus acquires that ability naturally. So the uh, rationale is if we can uh, get a jump ahead of nature in the lab, then we'll be able to better to predict and prevent the next epidemic. So gain-of-function experiments, I think it's fairly clear they were going on in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, Now there's a complicating factor here in that some of this work was supported by the National Institutes of Health, especially during a time when there was a moratorium on funding such research. But it seems that the NIH was going by a rather narrower definition of gain of function than other people, so it was abiding by the law um, but it was uh, uh, supporting research that may, in fact, have been uh, not correctly used by the recipients. So
0: this is pretty significant. The NIH, don't we provide a lot of the? Isn't that an American? Is that an American institute uh, institution that uh, the funding of which is controlled by Anthony Fauci?
1: Uh, uh, Anthony Fauci controls one branch of the NIH. That's the National Institutes of Health in uh, Bethesda, Maryland. So that supports all the biomedical research in this country and in many places um, abroad.
0: He, uh, I want you to hear a little of this battle, this back and forth between him and Rand Paul.
1: Dr. Fauci, do you still support
0: funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute do they fund of Dr Barrick will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory i do not have any accounting of what the chinese may have done and i'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in china however i will repeat again the nih and NIAID categorically has not funded gain of function research to be conducted in the wuhan institute government scientists like yourself who favor gain of function research. i don't favor gain of function research so that back and forth i was wondering if you could referee that for me who was telling the truth
1: Uh, Well, they they both are in a funny kind of way. This is a battle of definitions. So there's there's the ordinary common-day usage of the word gain of function, which just means increasing the ability of of any virus to to cause disease. And then there's a very narrow definition that was written into this moratorium on research. And I think Dr. Fauci is correct. The, The NIH was not supporting gain-of-function research according to this very narrow definition, but according to the sort of broader definition, which I, I think uh, Senator Paul had in mind, and which I must say I had in mind too in writing my article, I think there definitely was gain-of-function going uh, going on at the Wuhan Institute. They were taking these coronaviruses, they were uh, Changing the spike proteins in these viruses—that's that's what determines the the host that the virus can can latch onto—and they were uh, uh, testing these viruses in humanized mice, which would have made them more able to infect humans. So I think there was gain of function going on in a general sense, but Dr. Fauci is correct: there was not gain of function going on in the narrow. A legal sense of the of the moratorium on the research funding.
0: So he gave to one organization in I think North Carolina, and that organization could have given that grant money to Wuhan.
1: Um, no, the the the, the, the guy in North Carolina, Dr. Ralph Barrick, is the leading American expert on coronaviruses, and he did in a separate grant uh, receive monies from the uh, uh, the NIAID. That's Dr. Fauci's. Uh, agency in in terms of the Wuhan institute the NIAID gave funds to a organization in New York called the EcoHealth Alliance the president of which is Dr Peter Daszak and they in turn subcontracted to the Wuhan Institute of Virology
0: so it's our money moved around but it ends up over there but it would wouldn't be over there with the direction of Anthony Fauci
1: uh, he would not control it directly. He he would uh, control the money given to the principal investigator. That was Dr. Peter Dashak.
0: who is all in. Say, yeah.
1: By way of background, I mean, the, 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 uh, Dr. Fauci and the NIAID do have a legitimate interest in these uh, coronaviruses, which already caused two bad pandemics: the SARS one and one called MERS. So, it's perfectly legitimate inquiry. For him to uh, be supporting, uh, but it's all a question of of, of whether the, the the money was being used for sort of wider purposes that were were beyond the authorization of the NIH.
0: Understood, uh, Nicholas Wade. Do you believe we're going to get to the bottom of this? What would it take to get a thorough investigation to China? We have very little leverage over there.
1: Uh, we have very little leverage. At present, because uh, the mainstream uh, media and, and everyone else are, have been favouring the natural emergence theory, which is China's story too. So. Uh... As long as people think that, there'll be no conceivable pressure on the Chinese to release all the information we have. But as soon as people start to say it really looks like this escape from a lab, then for the first time we will have pressure on the Chinese. And maybe they will see that the better course of action is to be honest and straightforward and collaborate with the rest of the world in making sure this never happens again.
0: That would be great. And do you think it? Do you think uh, we could have saved lives had they admitted it? If this was in fact the case, and it was a lab accident, do you believe that quick action, world action, could have stopped this pandemic from being a global pandemic?
1: Um, that's a very hard uh, uh, question. I'm not really an expert on, on epidemiology, but it certainly seems to me a possibility. I mean, it seems the Chinese knew much earlier than anyone else of this pandemic. It probably started in September. 2019, the best evidence we have. And I think they did a lot of things between then and, and when the epidemic became public late, late December, that if they'd shared the information with the rest of the world, we could indeed have saved a great many lives.
0: We just knew the nature of the virus. We were preparing for the wrong one. Uh, and we got killed. Uh, 500,000 plus, coming up on 600,000. Nicholas, Wade. everyone's got to read this uh, story. It's called The Origin of COVID, Following the Clues. And where can we get it?
1: Uh, it's on medium.com, and it's on the, the uh, a Bulletin of, of Atomic Scientists on their, on their website.
0: Nichols, thanks so much. I hope to talk to you again. Thanks so much. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.